Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. Hope you've had a great week. You're with uh, your host, Scott. Um, how's things been going out there? You had, a, had yourself a fun time? It's still summer holidays here in Perth. And uh, I've been trying to make the most of it. Been getting out and about and all that sort of stuff. It's been another classic summer week here in Perth. Fucking hot. For some reason, the sea breeze has disappeared, um, which is causing some some alarm bells to sort of ring. Uh, if, you, if you're not from Perth, um, you wouldn't know this, but if you are from Perth, this would be familiar knowledge. Uh, we have something here uh, called the Fremantle Doctor, um, which is basically a sea breeze. We get this nice westerly breeze that comes in and cools everything down in the afternoon. It's pretty much like clockwork every day. And we fucking need it, because it can heat up like crazy over here, Um, and it's been missing for the last little while, so things have been still, stagnant, getting a bit muggy. We actually had a little bit of rain, a few droplets, nothing too crazy, but yeah, a little bit of rain a few days ago, but Jesus, it's getting still out here. Normally, my biggest gripe with the weather is the fucking wind. Because I fucking hate the wind. It can ruin a perfectly good day. But you miss it for like four or five days. And oh my god, you notice a difference. We need someone just to flush this shit out. Because it's uh, getting a little bit brutal over here. But anyway, hope you've had a great week out there. I hope you've been listening to some new tracks. Hope you checked out some of the stuff we talked about last week. Um, Can't remember what it was. Maybe Paul McCartney's new album. That's right, we talked about that, we talked about London Grammar's new stuff, that was a whole can of worms, we'll get into that a little bit later on. A few beats I want to hit today, guys. Um, been listening to a little bit of music, but uh, like I said in the, the last episode, I, uh, I opened a bit of a can of worms, and it's going to be a difficult, difficult terrain to traverse, really. Um, so we'll see how we go with all that sort of stuff, but apart from that, it's been a nice week over here. Hope you've been enjoying yourself wherever you are. But uh, yeah, over here, you know, I had my anniversary a few days ago. You know, um, we always celebrate our anniversary on whatever Saturday is closest to the anniversary. We don't do it on the actual day because, let's face it, we actually got married on a Saturday. So why am I going to try and, you know, generate that same feels on a Tuesday? That's just ridiculous. This might, might as well do it on the Saturday. So yeah, I had a great Saturday, just hung around the pool and drank mojitos with the wife and went out for a nice Italian feed, got some fucking chili mussels, oh my god, they're amazing, and uh, yeah, just kind of had a quiet one, but in, in so doing, we kind of went down the rabbit hole of the debut album thing that we'll, we'll get to later in this episode, don't you worry, but um, it was it was really, really fun. Um, also listened to some new music this week. And I uh, hope you had a chance to as well. Um, my Spotify is starting to suggest some new, new tracks coming out and all that sort of stuff. So I uh, listened to a few new albums. Not all of them worth talking to you guys about. Um, one of them kind of uh, stuck out to me is uh, by a guy named Healy. He released a new album called Tungsten. And uh, it's a really fun little album. I'll be putting that one on again, that's for sure. But I'm not going to give it a star rating, guys. Um, I've started to realize that my little star system is a little bit fucked up. I know any music rating system is going to be a little bit fucked up just because of the subjective nature of enjoying music seems to be. Uh, 
this album kind of falls into that category of albums that I really like, I would put on quite a bit, but I wouldn't necessarily listen to them, if that makes sense. It's an album that I like to hear, but I don't really listen to. Um, so it's more of a sort of background track sort of album that just sort of sets a nice tone, and it, it does set nice tones, guys. Check out this album. It's called Tungsten by Healy, and it um, it's kind of like a... I don't know, if you imagine like sort of uh, boy band style harmonies over sort of lo-fi vibes, if that makes sense. Something like that. Not really if that's going to capture anybody's imagination too much, but, um, you know, a lot of vocal harmonies in there, some some great hook melodies, um, but, you know, real dull set tones of, of lo-fi vibes. There's actually some really cool guitar parts in there that aren't like standout shreddy guitar parts, but they're just like beautifully set in the mix, wicked catchy riffs, um, very acoustic-y, classical sort of um, style stuff, which works really well over lo-fi, by the way. If you mix a nice like sort of Spanish guitar over lo-fi beats, uh, you, you've got a banger. Pretty easy stuff to do. So yeah, that, as, far as, as far as all new albums that I checked out over the last week, that's probably the only one I would really mention to you guys. There was a couple of others, but um, I don't know. that they, they might grow on me. Uh, like Illy, who's like an Australian hip-hop artist. He released an album. And I don't really like Australian hip-hop. I don't really get it too much. But this album was on the good side of those albums, as far as Australian hip-hop goes. It was on the good side of it. And I'll check it out. I think it's called um, The Space Between. I'll have to listen to that one again. So the jury's out on that album, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. Last week we started uh, talking about um, London Grammar, and I, I and I mentioned how their debut album was one of my favourites. Um, and I said that maybe over this podcast we'll start getting into the the debut album thing, and so I did over the last week. And holy shit, it's a fun as fucking rabbit hole to go down. Go down that rabbit hole. Follow us down and let us know what the hell you find because we're all going to find different things in that rabbit hole. So uh, let's get into that a little bit. Um, I wanted to talk over the next maybe few podcasts um, about, you know, greatest debut albums of all time. And so it's really, really hard to set up some parameters to talk about these things. I don't really know how to, how to tackle this topic. Um, but I've been putting a bit of thought into it and uh, trying to make some sort of categories that we can go forward in. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, every judgment on music is going to be subjective, obviously, right? You either like it or you don't, and it's very hard to explain why you like it or why you don't. And so uh, there's going to be a bunch of categories that we're going to talk about. And you know, I'll, I'll mention these to, um, to Curtis and some other folks and we'll, we'll maybe have a bit of discussion on this podcast about it. Um, but this is the best that I've been able to come up with so far, guys. So we're going to try and discuss the greatest debut albums of all time. And uh, so there's may maybe three main blocks that I have to dress this in because there's no way I can separate my own experience out of this. I, I can't um, because it's what the fuck I've heard over my lifetime and uh you know that kind of brings things back to around the 90s so so you know i was born in the 80s sort of grew up through the 90s early 2000s 
um, really became a music consumer and lover probably late 90s into the 2000s, right? And then beyond that, obviously. Um, so one of the little circles, one of the little categories that I'm going to talk about is definitely going to be just 100% subjective, 100% just what the fuck I liked and what meant something to me as a musician or as a consumer of music or, um, well, basically just those two things. And uh, that's going to be all the things that, that like changed my musical world and blew me the fuck away. Okay? And this is going to be in the context of, uh, you know, a uh, late 80s, 90s kid sort of growing up in Perth, Australia. So there's not so much of an influence of international bands that might have been in their little underground scene or anything like that. I'm going to have Australian underground scene bands that might have trickled through, bands like Carnival, stuff like that, um, because they're local guys. And so I probably heard their album first. In fact, um, <laughs> a friend of mine, an old singer in one of my old bands, um, he was at the the Carnival listening party for that 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 album when it came out so there's definitely a local connection there but also when we start getting into the other categories everything's going to be influenced by whatever was played on the pop radio still in australia so that still has like an australian cultural bent to it right um so let, let's say that, that that first category is going to be just like my raw subjective bands that i loved and their debut albums if they did anything for me right then that second tier, and guys, there's going to be fucking overlaps between all of these tiers, obviously. Um, but anyway, like that, that second tier would be uh, sort of debut albums that really impacted the Australian zeitgeist quite a bit. And these would be things that, like bands that I maybe don't necessarily love, but I definitely know them and definitely know their impact, right? Um, bands like fucking like Savage Garden. Who, let's face it, I, I wouldn't listen to Savage Garden much, but I respect the hell out of them, and they might have had an intensely good debut album. Um, same with bands like Crowded House and stuff like that. They're Australian sort of things, but still worth talking about on this podcast, um, even if they're not in my personal close wheelhouse of songs that I love, right? Now, beyond that, there's going to be this third tier, and that's things that might have been way beyond my generation, way beyond my country, everything like that. However, I still know of them. And if they appeared on a debut album, they're definitely worth mentioning. All right. So this would be things like like the fucking, like the Beatles. Obviously too young to really have, have gotten onto that whole British invasion thing that was going on. Um, my parents didn't like the Beatles, so I didn't grow up listening to the Beatles or whatever. But guess what? I still know the song Love Me Do. And... I've heard it on the radio before, so it's definitely impacted. So I can definitely say that is a great debut album, right? Something like that. So it goes from the most subjective to the least subjective because there's no way we can get fully objective about this. I mean, there's ways to judge music in an objective fashion, but like literally just with lame-ass parameters like, oh yeah, it's the fastest guitar solo or the fastest drumming because you can actually measure that. Um, but they're the worst parameters to judge music on because they're just too technical and they take out all the soul of music. However, um, along that same sort of line, if I know the song's been on repeat and a lot of people still love it, whether or not I do, 
I can still appreciate the fact that it's a great song and means a lot to a lot of other people. And so that's a little bit more objective than just what whatever the hell I was listening to in the in the 90s early 2000s, right? Um but also further beyond that again with that I'm not going to go into like anything that's just made the most money so therefore is the best one so I know that means that a lot of people liked it and the free hand of the market is really dictating that it's the best um but these are the things that I'm willing to to entertain and so I'm going to need your fucking help on this guys really going to need your help uh I'm going to try and set out some parameters, things that were really, really personal to you, things that you recognize are part of your cultural zeitgeist, and things that you recognize that are a part of an international zeitgeist, right? So things like the Beatles are obviously transcended any one culture. Um, maybe bands like Savage Garden didn't. Maybe they're just an Australian thing. Who knows? I haven't really done the research on that sort of stuff. And obviously, whatever's personal is personal. So they're kind of the best parameters that I've been able to set out on this, guys. I don't really know what else to do. Um, but I tell you what, it's been a fun as fuck rabbit hole to go down. Just songs that I've heard of um, and then trying to find out what album they appeared on and being blown away like, holy shit, that guy came out of the gate with that song. Like, um, like for instance, I'm, I'm not a huge Guns N' Roses fan. I was more of a Metallica guy. Uh, but Either way, to know that their debut album had songs like Sweet Child of Mine and um, Welcome to the Jungle and what's another big hit on that album? Paradise City. Like, holy shit, I know those songs. Don't necessarily love them. That doesn't matter. I know that they're monster, monster songs and that they came out of the gate with that. That's fucking impressive. Really, really impressive. Um, so there's going to be albums that are in one of those three categories and there's going to be albums that sort of cross all those categories for instance um like a good example of this would be uh jeff buckley's grace album probably one of the greatest debut albums so far that i've been able to find uh because you know i've, I've got it here on vinyl i fucking love this album uh australia loves this album it was uh many many years ago it was voted as australia's favorite album of all time for some reason, um, even though Jeff Buckley is not Australian. So it was part of Australian culture. It's part of international culture. And it's also a personal favorite of mine. So it kind of, so these three categories are more like a Venn diagram than concentric circles, right? Uh, so if you think about it that way, it's uh, probably the best I could come up with. If, if you've got any ideas of how I should try and categorize these, let me know. Um, you guys know how to get in touch. You can uh, you can email me at uh, scott at thejamroompodcast.com.au. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, which is just at jamroompodcast. And uh, now I've only just joined Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm brand new to it. So forgive me for not having any content up there. I'm going to work it out as we go. Um, I think that's just jamroompodcast as well or something like that. You'll be able to find me on Instagram. Go searching. Um, and uh, yeah, help me out with all of these categories and also help me out with some suggestions of albums that you might love or you think are culturally significant, um, things that are maybe internationally significant that I should definitely know about um, because I don't know it all, guys. I'm kind of trying to pull a little bit of a grift on you the way Joe Rogan has. I don't know if anyone's picked up on the grift that Joe Rogan has done on his audience and his, uh, his sponsors and all that sort of shit, but he's basically 
tricked everybody into uh, giving him money to get educated. He's just educating himself, and we're all watching, and we're happy to pay him money for it. But um, it's really, really cool. So I'm kind of trying to pull that grift. I'm trying to get a good music education. And honestly, I, I really do just from committing to, the, to doing this podcast. I listen to a hell of a lot more fresh music than I normally would um, and have to gather my thoughts a little bit better than I normally would and all that sort of stuff. So I'm kind of trying to capitalize on the same sort of thing. Not capitalize, but, you know, I'm enjoying the education. And so I need your help. Help educate me. Uh, the more you know and you share, the more I know and I share. And it's a back and forth sort of thing. So, um, yeah, please get in touch with all that sort of stuff. Because I do realize it's going to be a little bit tricky to navigate these waters of the greatest debut albums of all time. So there are the three categories. Personal category, cultural category, international category. And um, if we can kind of see what the hell's in those, we can then maybe get a voting system and we can you know, leave it to the, the mob rule sort of thing after that. And I'll sort of step away and we can all vote on it or some shit. Who knows? Who knows? Or you can just have my opinion. I can listen to these albums and go, fucking that's trash. Who the hell suggested that? And then we can trash the person for suggesting it. That could be fun too. But um, obviously, not very nice. It's not really my game to do it like that. Um, but yeah, so I've reached out to, like, uh, to Curtis and he's going to start looking into some of his personal favorites. And um, he's the same age as myself, so he's going to be focused more on the the 90s sort of scene. Um, I guess he will get a bit more into alternative stuff that I might not have really given a shit about. Uh, but who knows? We might agree on everything. We might have a few outliers there. We'll, we'll see when we... We'll cross that bridge when we burn it. Anyway, I, um, I also wanted to kind of... Um, address the way you would judge a debut album because obviously we're not talking about songs we're talking about albums and um, this is one of the trickiest things for me to flesh out I reckon um, is because what I consider a fantastic album has to have a decent handful of great songs on it I have yet to really find an album that has amazing songs all the way through that there isn't just one that I couldn't, you know, uh, quite happily skip over. There's always a couple, right? Even if you look at some of the greatest, like, Tool albums, there's fucking fillers in there. No one's going to tell me that that's a great song just because it's random noise in a great album. It kind of detracts from the greatness of the album, if you ask me, but adds to the theater of it and all that sort of stuff. But they're not songs, so there's no way we can judge an album as being great if it has 100% good songs. I mean, you could if you found it, but Jesus Christ, I don't know. That London Grammar album's pretty damn close. But let's say that if it's got like four or five great songs on it, I would say that's a fucking fantastic album. However, as you start going back in time, I'm going to be a bit more lenient with this, right? Because if you have a, a an album, let's say from the 60s, and um, no one gives a shit about the artist or the album anymore, but there's one song that stood the test of time. That kind of makes the album great as far as a debut album goes. If they came out hot and there was just one fucking fantastic song on that album, uh, I think we should should mention it. Um, what's a good example of this? Yeah, so while I was going down the rabbit hole um, with the wife over the weekend, uh, we just got trying to think about great songs that we knew and see what album they appeared on by the artist, right? 
Um, and uh, a song that, that you know, my wife both love and I think is a tremendous song um, by Mark Cohn. Don't know if you guys know who that is. Mark Cohn. You probably don't know the name. Um, and you probably shouldn't know the name because there's only really one song you should know, um, which is uh, Walking in Memphis. Fantastic song. Definitely stood the test of time. Appeared on his first album. However, you probably wouldn't have heard of any of the other songs on the album. Is it worth a mention? I don't know. That's why I need you guys to help me out here. I'm tending to lean in the direction of, yes, it should, because that song is so monumental. Because let's face it, if someone released a great debut album um, like in, in the early 2000s or, or in the late 90s or something like that, but every single song from that album has faded into obscurity and no one listens to them, they're never replayed on the radio, they barely show up, well then I guess the album, even though it might have been great, has kind of uh, not stood up to the judgment of the changing times. Uh, but songs like Walking in Memphis have, and everybody still loves that song. I fucking love that song. It's a great song, and it's from a debut album, so let's include that album. So as they get older, the leniency from great album in terms of many songs being great to just having a great song on it, start slipping that direction on the scale, okay? Something like that. I'm really just trying to flesh out this. If, if we like pull together and we can all agree on some parameters, then it's way easier for us to say, all right, this one fits here, this one fits there, and, and, and we can talk about them and, and, and praise them. And that, that's what we're trying to do here is just sort of find out who the hell had some absolute bangers right out of the gate and there's bands out there that, that did that and then fell off and they whatever they're bringing out now no one gives a shit about there's bands that then grew into their style like like for instance like i know i'm going to keep talking about it but like carnival here in perth um their first album the martyr was a fucking banger they didn't even have the drummer they have now or a second guitarist when they recorded that album because i remember it happening i was around those studios at that time um Drew Goddard recorded the drums and all the guitar tracks for that album. Amazing album. However, the album since, fucking a definite evolution. Got a hell of a lot better. There's like more complicated. They grew into their style, but they still came out hot, right? There's other bands that came out hot and then kind of didn't really live up to it in the future. We don't need to mention those sorts of bands, but you all know who, the, who we're talking about. There's a lot of them out there. You know, pick your own. Um, so like I said, I want your personal favorites. And then as they get older and more into the cultural zeitgeist sort of thing, let's just look for a couple of good songs from great debut albums, right? And uh, we can go from there because I've got a fucking list and a half. And I don't really want to go through them all now. I, I want to get some more input to see if uh, we can categorize these better and deal with it a little bit better. Um, and so... I'll keep this podcast kind of short and just at that, just like with a request for you guys to reach out, help me the fuck out with these debut albums. And uh, please go down the rabbit hole, guys. It's really, really fun to just sort of revel in the genius of someone's first album is a really, really cool thing for any musician to do, just to sort of really see how the hell you hold up. And some people came out with classics straight away. Other people took 20 years to, to get a classic out there. Um, and it's just inspiring. I've, I've been enjoying it. I hope you guys do too. Um, 
as always, I'm going to leave you with a little bit of music on this podcast. Uh, um, but it depends if I can find it or not. Now, you guys might have remembered an episode I did probably over, I think it was over Halloween. How I gave you guys, yeah, that's right. It was over Halloween and I, I gave you guys like a ghost of a song, which was like a recording from a band that doesn't exist. And it was kind of um, the first band that I was in with Liam. Not the first band I was in, but it was the first band that I was in uh, with Liam, great friend of the podcast. And obviously you've heard his music pretty much every episode. Um, and uh, Patrick as well, who has drummed on a few of our old jam episodes that you can't find on Spotify, but you'll be able to find them on iTunes or any of the other ones that are a bit more kind to us musicians. It's weird that Spotify is the, the most brutal on musicians for podcasts, but yet their whole thing is is music, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I found a, another old song from there, which kind of fits this theme. It probably, if the band ever did anything, if we found a singer and we ever did anything, it would have appeared on maybe a debut EP or a debut album or something. But this song's probably 15 plus years old or whatever. But it's floating around on a hard drive somewhere. And uh, if I find it, that's what you'll be hearing next. Because I always leave you guys with a little something. Um, hopefully, we'll get some more to you guys over the next uh, few weeks. Get some more jams done with Liam or whatever. It depends on how the stars align, really. But anyway, reach out. Let us know. Remember, hit us up. You can hit us up on uh, email. Just just read the descriptions below. I'll put everything there. But yeah, new to Instagram as well, guys. So if you're on Instagram, uh, add me, follow me, like the thing or whatever. I don't know what, what it does. You just subscribe on Instagram or you just follow? Fuck, I don't know. But I'm going to find out and I'm going to get involved with it a little bit. So hit us up through any of those methods and uh, we'll have a fun time. Go down that rabbit hole, guys. Um, and have a great week. And I'll talk to you guys soon. This is the Jam Room Podcast. 